And Luke chapter 15 and uh, verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. If you got it, can you say amen? amen. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Parable of the lost son. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in war. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed swine and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. Verse 18, I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. No more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. He arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, ran, fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and is found, and they begin to be merry. Hallelujah. I want to preach, got a word from the Lord tonight, and uh, I want to title this word, From Prodigal to Prodigy. From a prodigal to a prodigy. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. We ask that you would speak revelation tonight in the next several moments in the name of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord as you're seated in God's house. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Man, I just want to take my time. Uh, I'm not going to preach terribly long. Amen. I remember a story I heard. A preacher showed up church, and, and uh, he was kind of cleaning up before everybody came, and and uh, he noticed some straw, some hay on the ground, and uh, noticed a cowboy, you know, sitting there, got hay around his boots, and he was the only one that showed up to church. So. Uh, he waited a little bit more for everybody to show up, but it was just a cowboy. And so the preacher looked at him and said, uh, well, you're the only one here. He said, you want me to preach? And the cowboy looked at him and said, well, you know, if I was going to go feed cattle and only one showed up, I'd feed him. So preacher preached, man, and he got the feeling of anointing, and all of a sudden, well, one hour went by. So 
Cowboy was still there. He went on to a second set of notes. Two hours went by. Man, he was feeling it. He was punching devils and body slamming demons. And man, he figured he'd go another hour. Three hours he preached, and finally he got done. And uh, he closed up his book and his notes, and he went down to the cowboy and said, well, what did you think about the sermon? And the cowboy looked at him and said, well, you know, if only one cow showed up, I wouldn't have gave him all the hay in the barn. <laughs> Man, try to curve this tonight. Praise God. Amen. I do give honor to Pastor Jackson and Compton and his son. Amen. And uh, just met them tonight. What a wonderful privilege it is to meet them. Amen. And uh, I know God's going to do great things in Compton. Praise the Lord. And uh, amen. His son is 15 years old. How tall are you? 6'5". Man, if I was 6'5 and 15, I would have been married a long time ago. Man. Man, I'm uh, trying to figure out uh, where to start this, but I, I guess I'll start by saying uh, um, I believe that God really, really wants to bless his people. Can I get an amen? amen. I, uh, I believe that God does not satisfy uh, exactly where everybody is. But when I read the scriptures in the Old Testament, amen, I read about a God that said, I want to take my people from Egypt and I want to I take them to a good land, a better land. He said, a land that flows with milk and honey, praise God. Uh, that was Canaan land. And uh, I believe from that principle, when we take that principle from God's word and we apply it to one God, conservative, apostolic, holy folks, Amen. That it is the will of God for God to take us to better places. Uh, better places financially, better places emotionally, better places psychologically, socially, in our economy and in our community. I believe that it is the will of God to always bring us to a better place and a more enhanced place, whatever that is. I, I believe that if a church is running 100, it's the will of God for him, amen, for God to pour out his blessing so that he can get to 200, 300, and the beyond. Do you agree with that tonight? Amen. I, I believe that God's number one desire, amen, is not only to save his people, but to bless his people. Uh, I, I read in the scripture things like Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Let me repeat that for you. Amen. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Amen. I know there's a few preachers running around that thinking God's running around cursing everything, but I believe in a God that wants to bless his people and wants to pour it out on his people. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. I, I believe that God looks and he, he looks at little pieces of our life and wonders how he can enhance our life from the baby to the grandfather. How can I bless them? The writer said in the book of Psalm, amen, he loadeth us daily with benefits. Amen. I'm come to eradicate every lie of the devil and tell you that God wants to bless you. God wants to increase you. God wants to pour it out on you. Clap your hands in the face of the devil. say, In the name of Jesus. Now, 
before you before you get in your mind that I'm a prosperity preacher and I'm just trying to get you on my side. No, I really believe this from the word of God. If anybody's going to be blessed, it ought to be one God, holiness people. God said, I, I want to get you to Canaan land. And that is the dimension that everything flows for you. Finances flow. Health flows. Social clicks flow. Amen. Blessing. That is the will of God for you to get in that dimension. And he tells the children of Israel, before you can get there, you've got to learn how to conquer your wilderness first. Because everybody's got a wilderness. I said everybody's got a wild side where things grow untamed and thoughts run free and there's no fences. And Jesus gets filled with the Holy Ghost, gets baptized, and the Spirit driveth him to the wilderness. Because Jesus said, I'm going to settle the wilderness issue right here, right now. Amen. And the children of Israel and the children of God have got to learn first to settle the wilderness issue. That's this right here. We don't let everything run wild up here. I said, we, we, we don't let everything run wild. As a matter of fact, when God birthed Adam from the ground and he created him, the Bible says he put Adam in the garden. You look up the Hebrew word for garden, it means the fenced place. Amen, because there was fences. Adam, you can decide to live out here where there's no boundaries, there's no standards, there's no fences, but if you're going to live in my garden, I want you to know something. There's some roles and there's boundaries you've got to abide by. There's a government system that you've got to live by. Probably getting ahead of myself, but then, man, and he tells the children, Israel, once you get out of the wilderness now, he said, you, you got to figure out how to cross over the Jordan, and there's so much different things with the Jordan, and then you got to get to your Jericho, and then you got to get to your AI. What are you trying to say? I'm saying there's a process to get to the dimension of Canaan, but nevertheless, it is the will of God for him to bless you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, 3 John, I believe it is, 3 John verse 2, he says, he says these words, he says, beloved, he says, I wish above all things that you are prospering. That word prosper means to be blessed and to be successful, amen, in an expeditious manner. Now, I don't know if you know what that word means, but, but I think we all know what it means. Expeditious means promptly. And this is the disciple talking to the church that is, is the will of God, not only for you to be successful and to be blessed, but God wants to pour some things on your life promptly in an expeditious manner. Amen. I am trying to convince the church in a lot of places, uh, amen, that it is the will of God for God to pour out blessings upon your life. Did he not say, I will open up the windows of heaven? And I'll pour you out a, that there may not be room enough to receive. Amen. Maybe there's a few in this crowd that have seen that day, but Lord, I still got some room left. I, I, I've still got some room left. And, and if you, if it's your will to bless me and my family, God, I'm going to take my blessings. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Yeah. 
So why are you talking about blessings? Because Luke chapter 15 verse 12 says, this young man, I know a lot of times we preach about this man, but it looks like he's a little uh, reckless and he was. It looks like he's moving in haste and he was. But this young man had one thing right. And he came to his father and said, give me the goods that belong to me. Say, God, why did you put this scripture right here? Yeah, put this scripture right here so that my people could get a revelation that whatever is theirs they can have at any time. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. I finally figured it out. Most of the church prays too small. We pray in survival mode. Uh, we just want little bitty portions at a time. But this young man came to his father. Hear him now. He said, I want everything that belongs to me. See, see, this is why we don't get the results that we always want because we're not praying according to God's word. And God said, I put this example in the Bible so that you could learn from it. And God is telling you, you need to get your prayer list back out and you need to start praying bigger and believe in God for more miracles and believe in God for more of the impossible. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know we pray too small. I know we do. Not just here. Because we have this mentality that if I pray too big, I'm being greedy and selfish. Romans 15, 4 says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have some hope. What was he saying? God put it in there for an example, for a prototype, for a blueprint. Amen. And if this young man came to his father and he said, listen, I want everything. I think it's time we start going to God and saying, Lord, you promised me a Canaan land. You promised us a revival. You promised us some healings. You promised us some backsliders praying through. Come on, somebody. Amen. God, you promised it, and I'm receiving the inheritance. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, shando rosaya. Man, this this. This blessing thing, is, it's, it gets uncomfortable at times. I'll tell you why. Because uh, you got charismatic preachers out here. Uh, that's all they preach is prosperity and in and, 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 and defense of that and, 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 and not trying to be connected to that. Uh, a lot of times people kind of shrivel down and they disintegrate from preaching about blessings and, and, and the word prosperous is in your Bible. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 in your Bibles. You got time for a little bit of scripture? Look at, listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all of his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Anybody believe that tonight? Look at verse number two. And I'm not going to read all of it, but listen. All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, 
the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Bless me, God. I'm standing here tonight. I'm declaring, Lord. I'm asking you to bless me according to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Woo! Look at verse 5. Blessed shall be the basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. God, I want you to bless me and my family when I'm coming in and when I'm going out. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired, amen, of just getting a fraction, Lord. Amen. You said in your word that if I obey your commandments and I live according to the scripture, you are going to bless me. Let me tell you, son, you can live on the lowland all you want, but I'm stepping on the word of God and I'm receiving the blessing. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, when thou goest out. Amen. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way. They shall flee before thee seven ways. Amen. This prodigal son had a revelation that I've got blessings and I've got gifts from my father. Come on, somebody. Amen. I've got blessings. And I've got gifts. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. Praise God. Amen. I'm talking about a God that wants to bless us. And I'm not just talking about financially. See, some of y'all thought I was just talking about financial gifts. No, no, no. You've got a ministry on your life. Did not Paul say uh, to Timothy, neglect not the gift that is in thee that was given unto thee by prophecy, by the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Let me tell you something. I believe that God still wants to raise up verbal beings in the... Oh, God. I, I believe that God still wants to raise up some brother dukes. Amen. The mantle still lives. And I refuse. Hear me. I refuse. To be used by God by just a little bit when God says, I've got gifts I want to pour out on the church. If my people will get a revelation of the generosity of my hand, I want to pour it out. I want to give out mantles. Woo. Amen. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, amen, he gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I believe that God is looking at the church saying, I want to pour some things out on my people. But they've got to get a revelation that my hand is open unto them. The only way you can get that revelation is through intimacy. And the only way intimacy comes with God is through prayer. What are you talking about? This young man knew his father would give him the goods. Hallelujah. Had a revelation. Somebody said, give me a revelation, God. And this young man knew. He knew. And I got to reading Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I found, I found a offering declaration. 
And I couldn't let it go. And I want to read you this declaration because I started praying this declaration. Because according to Deuteronomy chapter 28, this is what it means. It means that blessings will overtake us. It means that jobs are yours. Raises are yours. And bonuses are yours. In the middle of COVID-19, that's what the word of God says. That means that benefits are yours. Sales and commissions are yours. Favorable settlements are yours. Checks in the mail are yours. Gifts and surprises are yours. Debts paid off. Bank accounts full. Protection for us and our families. Protection for our houses, vehicles, and possessions. Health and healing is yours. A long, strong life is yours. Signs, wonders, and miracles for the church. God will open up the heavens, will open up doors, and will give us divine appointments. Dreams are yours, visions are yours, and angelic visitations to the church. New people getting filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name and disciples added to the church daily. And I'm going to stand here with GBFPC and tell you we stand blessed in the presence of God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Shatadabosai. may be seated but be that as it may the young man walked away with a handful and the Bible says in Luke chapter 15 I believe it's verse 13 that he went and he got into trouble in the world he, he just misappropriated his funds he didn't really understand what he had and the Bible says that he uh, he started to live riotously he started uh, to live as a profligate and uh, he started to just give it away and spend it on and, and uh, a profligate is uh, not just somebody that spends it on uh, pleasure but it was immoral pleasure uh, he go went into the world and we've heard this message preached a million times and he started living it up and he started just uh, man just spending it on sin and, and all types of filth and all types of uh, debauchery and abomination and and uh, there was no preacher in his life. The father wasn't there. Uh, there was no brother there. There was no uh, any, any type of accountability. He just got lost uh, uh, a citizen in the city. And uh, there was nobody to pull on his coattail and say, hey, man, you need, to, you need to slow down a little bit. Let me tell you something. The world doesn't care about you or how far you go or how corrupted you get. Praise God. Amen. I'm talking to somebody right here on the first night. Uh, you better just keep yourself in the church. Amen. As a matter of fact, get here a little bit earlier. Amen. Because the devil's got your number and he's pulling on you. But oh, stronger is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on. Lock into the church. Lock in close to your pastor. Lock into the brethren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. Man, he gets down there. And the Bible says that, that all of a sudden a famine a famine hits the land, praise God. Amen. Can I step down here? Is that all right? Man, a famine. That's hard to see with all these lights, praise God. A famine hits him. And the Bible says all of his money's gone and all of his friends are gone. And, 
And uh, you can imagine the shame and all of the embarrassment that has come upon his life now. Amen. How he starts to reminisce of, of what he used to have and the devil's mocking in his face and all of these different things going on in his life. And, uh, the shame and the embarrassment and, 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 and sin driving him down. And uh, his clothes become tattered and faded now. And uh, the pep in his step has diminished. And his shoulders have slunched over now. And uh, he's not that carefree, careless living individual. Uh, now, age, it seems like overnight, has taken over his body. And stress and worry and all of the fake friends have dissipated out of his life now. And, and there he is, no money broke. And, and then he finds out about a citizen in the country that comes and you can go feed some some pigs and he'll give you a little bit to eat and there he is in the pig pen I don't need to preach this message to you you've heard that message so many times and there he is in the mud filthy fingernails looking like the demoniac of the Gadarenes and uh, looking like he doesn't have a home to go to because he didn't and no friends and no connection uh, no pillars to lean on in his life because uh, that's what the world would do to you praise God and and there he is trying to survive amen now where are the gifts and where is the inheritance and where is the blessings uh, I can see people walking by him looking at him what happened to all of your blessings what happened to all of your gifts and all the things uh, that you used to attract where is the power now and where is the influence that used to be on your life amen and there he was in the pig pen. And the Bible says that one day he came to himself. He came to himself. You know what happened? He remembered who he used to be when he was in his father's house. He remembered the power that he used to have. He remembered the gifts and the treasures and the blessings that he used to possess. He, he came to the real self of himself. Came to him real self. Hallelujah. We've got two young men. We've got a backsliding young man. We've got a young man that doesn't have any gifts, no talents, and no abilities. Amen. Living in the pig pen. Uh, living like a third-class citizen. And then we've got the young man that's in his father's house full of blessings and power and influence. And he came to himself. He came to him right self. And I stand here almost finished. To ask you, what child of God are you going to be? Because there's two types of churches. There is a church that exists today. A church, hear me, a church that has a father, that has blessings, that has power. But they live as though they don't. And I feel like God is raising up a church that he can make a prodigy out of. You say, what's the difference? Well, a prodigal is somebody that has substance, but he wasted. He doesn't know what he has. A prodigy 
Hear me. A prodigy. You look up the word prodigy as something that causes people to wonder. It literally means a prophetic sign, a something that has prophetic destiny upon it. God whispered in my ear at a prayer meeting not too long ago, and he said, I want you to tell my church, I'm looking for a church I can make a prodigy out of, and all the world can look to in awe and say, this is a wonderful thing that is happening on this group of people. Say, how was this man a prodigy? I'll tell you what happened. He got all the way back to his father's house. And though he had been living in sin, and though he had been living in a debauched lifestyle, and though he had been living in the lowest of low, all of a sudden, in one turn of events now, he's got a new robe on. His appearance has changed. One connection with the Father, one meeting with the Father, and all of a sudden, his image changes. When the young man made it up in his mind that I am not going to live like I have no father anymore, that's when everything changed. When he made it up in his mind that I am no longer going to be a powerless person, but I've got some things back in the house that my father possesses that will change my life. Watch now. All of a sudden, the father takes the ring and puts it on his finger. Symbolizing authority now. Symbolizing power now. He went from being powerless to walking around with power. Bible says that he looked at his feet that once were filthy from the world. Now he's cleaned up and the Bible says father looked at him and said put some shoes on his feet. Symbolic of leadership and authority. In one day's time, everything changed for this young man. God brought him from a prodigal to a prodigy. When you, when you study the word prodigy, it is something that causes people to be amazed at. And I could see every servant in the house as this young man would walk by and they're looking at him like, how in the world? How in the world did you get from there to here? And I know this is a difficult message, but that's all right, it's the first night. God give me a word. You ready for this? Because it's not the will of God for God's people to walk around without power. But God is looking for a church and he's looking for people that he can make into a prodigy. What are you talking about, Brother Pointers? I'm talking about where's the stories that we used to hear. 
I peel open history books and I look at the Azusa Street Revival and I start reading stories. I start reading about miracles that used to happen and I'm asking God, God, I know it's your will to do it again. And God said, it is my will to do it again. I'm just looking for who I can do it through. Aramosha. Can I be transparent? I'm tired of reading about old stories and old books. There's some things that I want to see in my generation. Come on, somebody. Come on. There's some some miracle. I want to see some folks get out of wheelchairs. And and I want to see blinded eyes open. And and I want to see backsliders pray through. Amen. To the point that people say, there's no way that that young man from a prodigal church to a prodigy church. I'm looking for the amazed power. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You, you watch now. Because people are getting comfortable with the young rich boy living in the world with no influence. But you know who wasn't comfortable? Daddy wasn't comfortable. Chicago Yanda Sataya. And I don't believe, I, I don't believe it's the will of God much longer for us not to have miracles in our church for us not to have revival in our church for us not to have the unprecedented power of God moving through our church come on you've got to get stirred up young man you got to say I'm going back to the house man. Well, listen 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 How do I preach this? When are we going to really sit down and say, no, 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 God. Okay, service was good Sunday, but where is it at? Where's the new road? Where's the ring at? Spiritually speaking, where's the shoes at? Praise God. Where is the power and where is the authority, God? Where are the miracles that we used to see? Where is the power of God that used to have people laid out on the floor and people were going home at 2 a.m. in the morning? Amen. That might not bother you, but it bothers me because I refuse to be the young man in the city. See, the amazing thing about this parable is not the young man in the city in the pig's pen. There is a brother that's living on the farm who's going through the same thing. He's feeding his flesh too. He's comfortable living out in the field too. And I'm telling you right now, amen, the church has got to rise up and says, you know what? What is it going to take for God to show his power again? And I, listen, 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 listen. I'm almost done, but if we are not careful, we will just get comfortable coming to church 
we'll pray our little prayer. We'll shake our little hands, fist bump, and we'll go home. And there's no power that was ever manifested. You say, what does it take to get from the prodigal to a prodigy? The first thing the young man had to conquer, hear me, he had to conquer the pig mentality. You know a pig is an unclean thing. And at some point, the church has got to rise up against everything that is unclean. That is trying to get in the church. Oh God, you, you, God says, I want a prodigy church. But the only way a prodigy is getting there is by conquering the pig mentality. Say a pig was unclean, that's right. And there's unclean spirits trying to get in the church. Hear me, hear me, by way of cell phone. You've heard it preached before, and I'll preach it till I die. Amen. You better have a clean phone when you come to the house of God. Is it all right if I preach? Amen. You, you better, listen, listen. God is going to have a prodigy church, but he's going to have a prodigy church when the church learns how to conquer the pig mentality. I'm not necessarily talking to the older folk. I'm talking to the younger generation. I'm talking to a TikTok generation. Can I get some help? I'm talking about a YouTube generation. I'm talking about a gaming generation. And if the church is going to be a prodigy church, she's got to learn how to conquer the pig pen. What are you saying about Brother Paul Next, I'm saying church has got to get back to preaching against some stuff. Not too long ago, my, my in, man, well, they're probably not listening anyway, but my in-laws came to stay and got a little, got a little brother-in-law. You know, he's just chilling. He grew up in church, but he's just chilling. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So he had to stay at my house for a little while. And, and one day uh, he came and said, well, man, I wanted to get the internet hooked up, you know, some Wi-Fi. Like, okay, no big deal, you know. You know, I just, I know, no problem. And uh, he got his internet hooked up and, you know, had his trailer out front. And all of a sudden, man, my kids started acting funny and I started feeling things in the spirit. I said, man, I got some pigs roaming around here. I feel some unclean stuff going on. He's playing one of those video games. I can't even remember the name of, what's the, what's the top video game right now? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Fortnite. Well, I couldn't sleep. My son's acting strange. Well, I was in a prayer meeting. Boy, I'm getting irritated. I come home. I look at it. I'm just getting irritated. I'm like, man, that ain't like me. And, and I got to praying. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I see what's going on right here. And I said, hey, bud, uh, tomorrow. He ain't had it on but three days. I said, tomorrow, get it disconnected. I said, this is a clean house where I stay at. I got children here, amen, and I'm not about to live with any pigs. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about unclean spirits that want to overtake this generation. And if the church is going to be the prodigy that God is calling her to be, she's got to rise up and declare as holy and profane. 
Hey, hey, listen, listen. That young man woke up and he got some discernment in his spirit. And God is looking right at the church and saying, you need to get back to discernment because the church, and I'm not just talking to Bakersfield, I'm talking about the church triumphant. Amen. She's getting easy with some stuff. I don't have Instagram, but my wife does. And then I get bored, I go on there. Because I want to know what Pentecost is up to. I need some preaching fodder, brother. And I get to looking. And I'm not trying to stand up here holier than thou. But I get to seeing some snouts running around the church. And you say, how do we deal with this? We deal with it in the prayer room and in the pulpit. Amen. And say, God, we are trying to be in you a revival. We want to bring a revival. Or, or listen, or we can stay the same. Or we can stay the same. And I used to hear about Pentecost used to have crutches on the wall. Y'all remember that? Wheelchairs, trophy rooms, God's power, and God's anointing. Hallelujah. Because once he conquers the pig pen, hear me now, then he's got to conquer the citizen mentality. You say, what is the citizen mentality? The citizen was comfortable going and feeding pigs and just giving scraps. A generation that'll spend, hear me, $1,500 on a MacBook or put scraps in the offering plate. And I'm not getting too many likes here this first night. Blame Brother Bradford, praise God. See, the citizen was comfortable living in a famine, and because he lived in a famine, he justified uh, just having a young man out in the pasture and just giving scraps to pigs. And I'm telling you something. I, I find it odd. I find it odd in the book of Acts there were people giving title deeds to the church. Oh, boy. Hey, help me, help me. I'm preaching the Bible right here. Because some of us just come and we look at the most minimal amount we can give and it's a little bit of scraps. That's a citizen mentality. I'm in the middle of a famine. I can't give. Yes, you can. Give and it shall be given unto you. Press down. Shaking together, running over. Here we go. Will men give unto your bosom? He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Brother Jackson, I'm telling you, if we're going to have a prodigy church, not only do we need discernment in the church, we've got to have a giving mentality and not a scrap mentality. Oh boy. I know how people feel about money. And I know I'm stepping on toes, but you'll be all right. We still love each other. 
Because I've learned, now I've learned, when it comes to people's money, you know, people let you borrow their car in an emergency. They let you borrow books. You know, lend you a book on Kindle if you need it. But, uh, you know, you need to borrow some money. I need to pray about that one now. Let me just pray. Let me pray. Talk to the Lord about it. No, no, this is, this is what God showed me. This were the phases this young man had to conquer. This is the rule book. And he said, not only do you conquer the pig mentality, you've got to conquer a stingy mentality and a selfish mentality that's trying to get in the church. I, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, man, you're just preaching. I'm not preaching. What kind of church do we want? I'm not. I got one more point. And after you conquered the pig pen mentality and you've conquered the citizen mentality, then you got to conquer the servant's mentality. See, the young man said, I'll just go ahead and be a servant. That wasn't the will of God. You know, the book of Ephesians says, no longer are you servants, but you are sons. This goes back to my first point, because if you look at yourself, and we are servants, we know that we're ministers and all that, but I'm talking about when it comes to father and son relationship with God, you are no longer a servant, but you are a son. And he says, and if you are a son, you are an inheritor of God's blessings. You say, what's going on? You got people trying to bypass the phases. And God says, no, you've got to get these phases in order. And he says, you've got to get a revelation that you are the sons and the children of God. Because God's got more for you. God's got more for the church. Praise God. Amen. This is the will of God. And when you get done with that phase, you ready for this? You got to conquer the elder brother mentality. We'll make this last point. We're going to pray. Say, man, it's a strange first night. It's all right. The elder, the elder brother mentality is the brother that lost his bowels of compassion for the lost. I know, what I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Listen, listen, listen. Now, you may not be here, but I'm talking about the church in a whole. She's got to get her burden for the lost back. Oh, God. And I'm not trying to embarrass nobody, and I'm not trying to show her hands, but when I go places and I say, how many are teaching Bible study? How many are inviting people? Generally, it's about a, a, a few percent of the church. And I'm not trying to cause condemnation. What I'm saying, God, is that if you're going to be a prodigy church, the church is going to have to conquer that elder brother spirit. You remember the elder brother came to his father and said, this man's been spending all his money on harlots and prostitutes. And my question is, how did you know that? My second question is, if you knew where he was, why didn't you go get him? 
God. And the church cannot be comfortable. The church cannot be comfortable seeing people not show up to church and we can't even give them a phone call or give them a text message or stop by their house. I know I'm preaching tonight. This is, hey man, this is all in order. Let me tell you something. We have got to conquer the phase of the elder brother mentality and God says, when you do, church is ready for unprecedented revival. And God is standing on the cliff saying, what type of church do you want to be? I will tell you right now, it's the will of God for this church to be a prodigy church. And I believe it's going to happen. It's happening right now. What are you talking about? Blessings are happening right now. What are you talking about? You still got a man of God in the pulpit that's preaching against sin and unclean spirits. What are you talking about? You still got somebody that believes in winning souls and teaching Bible study. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a God. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and clap your hands unto the Lord. It's a point blank question. You're going to be comfortable. Just, just young, handsome. Amen. Just coming to church. Or is there going to be something that gets a hold of you at 2 o'clock in the morning? They say, Daddy, I'm going to the church to pray. What are you going to do, son? I'm just not satisfied. I'm just not satisfied. And maybe this message is to, to younger folk alike. I don't know, but I just got to preach it as God gives it to me. So the young man came to himself. He said, I was a prodigy of my father's house. And the church, hear me, the church has got to come back to himself. And say, remember where you come from. You think all of these books and all of these stories are, are written for just entertainment and boredom? No. God put it in the heart of these men and women that have passed on to give us these stories, just like memorial rocks in the Jordan and say, don't you forget I used to part the waters. Don't you forget I healed blinded eyes and I raised the dead. And backsliders that you thought were impossible to pray through can still pray through. Lord, I Crosby, what's it going to take? I refuse to be a generation that passes off the scene and didn't see the power of God our elders saw. But it comes with a price. We've got to pay the same price that they paid. What's it going to take? It's going to take holiness preaching.
going to take giving and sacrifice. And I know we're living in unique times as far as outreach, but, but let me tell you something. It shouldn't be 40 people show up to choir practice and only four people show up to outreach. And I'm not saying that happens here, but I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, as a church whole, I see a lot of things amongst the spectrum. And I'm telling you, when it's choir practice, 50 people will show up. But when it's time to go knock doors and pass out tracks, four people show up. You say, what is that? We don't care about the loss. It's not that we don't care about the loss. It's that we're just comfortable being the prodigal. We've got all of these things, but if we're not careful, we'll waste it and it'll be gone. And God said, it's my will to raise up a church. Hear me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Holy. I know God spoke to me. God's will. He said, I'm looking for a church that Pentecost will look to and say, have you heard? Have you heard what is going on over there? And I'm telling you, God spoke this to me for this church because I believe you are in the makings of a prodigy church. You say, man, you're just trying to hype us up. I am not trying to hype you up. Only the elder probably knows of the prophecies and the, and the promises that God has spoke over this congregation. They say, well, man, it's, it's my culture that I'm in. It's the city that I'm in. It's the state that I'm in. It's the government. It ain't got nothing to do with all of that. God is saying, do you want to be a prodigal church? Or do you want to be a prodigy church? Ready for this? Because the Latin word for prodigy, it means a prophecy that has a destiny on it. And it is the destiny of God. It is the will of God for God to pour out his power like he used to pour it out. I mean, you start reading story. Hear me. You, you start reading stories about, about old Pentecost. Nona Freeman, Oma Ellis. Angelic visitations and all of these manifestations of, of power and miracles. People that never even played the piano in their life all of a sudden with the ability to play. You say, man, I don't believe all that. I know you don't. It's hard for us to get. The old Azusa Street Revival and all of these miraculous things. You say, can it happen again? I believe God wants to do it again because it changed America. It changed America. Happened in L.A. back then. Maybe in our day, it'll start out in Bakersfield. People walking by. Power of God grip them, bring them to the church. They say, man, I don't know how, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm telling you something, there's something going on in Bakersfield. God, is, there's, there's something going on. God has got his hand upon this church. God's favor upon you people. God's blessing is upon this city. I'm telling you right now, amen, Lord, I want you to use us in the direction and in the will that you want to use us. I want to be a part of something great. Every hand lifted up right now. Everybody praying. Come on, the Lord is walking right now. 
He's pouring out gifts, abilities. Come on. People praying through on the street. People praying through in the stores. Can it still happen? Wheelchairs and miracles. Backsliders praying through. The insane, crazy being delivered. Can it still happen? Come on. You can use me, Lord. I want to be used. If you want God to use you, I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, there's more. There's more power. Use me, God. Use my church. Use my city, Lord. God said, I'm looking for a prodigy. I'm looking for a young man that'll pray and that'll fast. God has got his hand upon your life. You're not like everybody else. He's got a different road for you. Come on, everybody praying right now. Everybody praying, God, you can use me. I want you to use my family. Lord, I want you to stir up the gift that is within me. God said, I'm looking for a young man that'll pray, that'll fast, that'll get in the prayer room, that'll win souls. Come on, as they begin to sing, I want you to pray right now. In the name of Jesus, everybody praying. Everybody praying. Come on. Come on, there's prodigies in this house. Come on, there's prodigies in this house. You are not called to be average. You are not called to be in the pit pen. You are called to be great in God. 